Thank you for joining us for the Rescue and Revive Sunday morning sermon from Spencerport Bible Church in Spencerport, New York, given by Pastor Dominic Denisi of Rescue and Revive Ministries and Senior Pastor of Spencerport Bible Church. As always, thank you for helping us rescue the lost and revive the saved with the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you and enjoy the sermon. Let us pray, then we'll get in continue in 1 Peter chapter 2, a little bit more verses this week. We're going to go through, God willing, 9 through 23 of 1 Peter chapter 2, but let us pray. Father, we thank you again. We are in a place, God, of question, Lord, in this world, in this life, God. So many questions, so many things that are uncertain in our global landscape, political landscape, God, maybe in our in our careers, in our workplace, in our families, as individuals and collectively, God. But we know that we have a solid rock to stand on. We know, as we've learned last week and reemphasize, you are the chief cornerstone of those who hear your word and do it. And Father, in spite of the trials of life, the winds that blow and the rains that beat on the house, if that truly indeed, if you are our chief cornerstone, our house will stand because of the foundation that our lives are built upon. So I pray today, illuminate your holy word to your holy people for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, and all of the Spencer Ford Bible Church family said, amen and amen. And just in case you don't know, amen means so be it. So thank you for agreeing with that. And First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 23 And you saw the title that was up momentarily, and I abbreviated it to Strangers, Soldiers, and Servants, but really, it's Sanctified Strangers, verses 9 through 12, verses 13 through 18, Submissive Soldiers, and then verses 19 through 25, Suffering Servants. So I attached an adjective to each one of those title words, those nouns. Sanctified strangers, submissive soldiers, and suffering servants. And so let's get into it, picking up. And just to give the background as we pick up in the middle of chapter 2, Peter last week explaining the stumbling stone of Christ, now continuing the instruction to the Christians throughout those five regions that we've mentioned several times in chapter 1. And we now... Uh, break it down into these three areas that the Apostle Peter is addressing. And so, verse 9, the Apostle says, But ye, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous Light. So let me just pause there. We know uh, a royal priesthood, royal because we serve the king of kings, priesthood because of the chief high priest seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, holy nation, we are set apart, diverse, and unified. Peculiar actually means not so much as you and I would think of peculiar as strange, although that could be true for me and maybe some others but a special or particular treasure. You are special, you are treasured in the eyes of the Father, in the eyes of God. And Peter 
is encouraging the people who certainly need it, that they are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a special or particular treasure to our Lord. Adjectives, descriptors to the people of God. Priesthood, nation, people. Always good to be reminded of that, but why? That you should show forth the praises of Him that called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. That's the purpose of being part of that people group, sanctified strangers. You're going to see it referenced again here, depending on the Bible version that you're reading. Aliens, strangers, sojourners, etc., all with the same connotation. You don't really belong here. This is not your eternal home. A fixed focus. We are here today. Why? I like how the NASB says it, to bring, to proclaim the excellencies of Him. That's the reason you were called. If somebody asks you and you don't know what your calling is and you're not sure, it's, you have an answer right here in this verse. Someone says, well, what is your calling within the body of Christ? You could tell them your calling was to come out of the darkness into the marvelous light. And all of us as part of those people groups, sanctified strangers, that royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, were all called by God out of the darkness into the marvelous light. The same way the woman caught in adultery was called out. And Jesus said to her, In John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We're not a people without identity, but now a people of God with a specific identity when you receive that mercy and grace of God. He says in verse 10, which in times past were not a people, but... Now are the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I love the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful. Why are they divinely favored? Why are they happy? Because they have received mercy. They have obtained mercy, not getting what they deserve. Peter, once again, reminding these persecuted believers who they are, what they've been called out of. Verse 11, still in the sanctified stranger section, Dearly beloved, what a term of endearment. Term of endearment. You know, I, I was speaking with a couple recently about we've categories, playing categories. I don't know if you've ever played that game. It's a great game. And um, sometimes you, you roll the dice and you get a letter, and one of the categories is term of endearment and so on and so forth. But isn't this a beautiful term of endearment inspired by the Holy Spirit? Dearly beloved. Isn't there a beautiful gentleness and love? behind what Peter is saying. Can you imagine, once again, Peter addressing his fellow disciples this way years before? I just can't. I just can't imagine that Peter looking over at John and saying, Dearly beloved, I just can't imagine that. But once again, this is the same man that's received the mercy which he speaks of. This is the same man who realized why Jesus came, what his purpose was for his life and the disciples that walked alongside him. Dearly beloved, I beseech or beg you as strangers and pilgrims. There it is again. So often he's brought this up in this short letter and section of Scripture. To do what? To abstain. To stay, stay away from. To get rid of what? Fleshly lust. 
which do what? War against the soul. Notice Satan isn't mentioned here. Satan is not mentioned. This is your inclination, my inclination toward sin. And he is saying, stay away from, get rid of sin. You know, Satan gets blamed for a lot of things. You've been called out of Satan's camp into God's camp, out of the darkness into the marvelous light. And some specific denominations, they're so focused on Satan, and it's not Satan's fault. You battle your worst enemy every day. You say, who is that? The person that's sitting in the maroon chair right now. That's your worst enemy. You have victory over Satan. You've been called out of that darkness. But you battle your flesh the same thing Peter battled. You're battling your flesh every day, and Peter is encouraging these fellow believers to get rid of, stay away from these fleshly lusts. That do what? They war. I love this acronym. I know I've quoted before. We are right. Every person who is still in darkness is at war with God. But then there's another war that goes on. Now the battle's over. You've been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light. You are a sanctified stranger. You are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, saved and sealed. Your eternal home is in the kingdom of heaven. But the war still ensues. You are still battling yourself. The inner man, the outer man. I've told you this before. Romans explains it very, very well. In fact, there's a reference to Romans here. Romans chapter 8. It will not cease this side of eternity. And this is where condemnation can come into play. This is where confusion at times can come into play. You have to understand the war you're in. Yes, the devil's real. He roams to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. But you are battling your will. You are battling yourself every day. What is, who's going to win? Is it the old man who's dead? Or is it the new man? What are you giving yourself to? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we reading? What are we thinking about? What are we speaking? That's the war that wages on. And that's why the body of Christ today suffers so much. Because we're battling so much. That really doesn't have much to do with Satan. It has to do with ourselves. The greater enemy when you're a sanctified stranger. That old nature that likes to rear its head and does things that Christians ought not to do. And then all of a sudden, the excellencies of him are not being proclaimed, but the ugliness of sin and the confusion to a lost and dying world. I thought you said you were a Christian. Well, look at this person over here. I've probably told you this before many years ago when I was in my prodigal son years. I truly believed I was saved. But I remember a young man telling me this, because I can't forget this when someone says it to you. He said, D, you call me D, you are the worst born-again Christian I've ever seen. That is not a compliment that you want as a Christian, you see. You could be saved, you could be sealed, and you could be in a pig pen, so to speak. And until you come to that place, till you come to yourself and realize what you're doing, that you are allowing lust, the lust of the flesh, to just consume you, you need to repent. Maybe you're in that place today. You need to repent. In word and in deed, you need to have a change of mind 
It's always the same step, no matter how far you veer away from the cross, the goodness and mercy and grace of God, to just repent. And your loving Father is there, ready to forgive. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he'll forgive our transgressions. It says in verse 12, having your conversation, remember King James, this means conduct, the way you act, not speak. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, this means unbelievers, not non-Jews in this passage. Having your conduct honest among unbelievers, that whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers, that may by your good words, not words, works, one of the few places in Scripture where I am not a huge fan of the St. Francis of Assisi phrase that we all know, if you don't know, he said it, I'll repeat it today, preach the gospel always, if necessary, use words. I actually really don't like that phrase. Because most of the time, it's not true. The gospel is a word-spoken ministry. You must preach, you must proclaim the gospel, but there are a few instances in Scripture like this where Peter... The guy who had the big mouth is actually saying, don't speak, let your good works proclaim the excellencies of him. Let your good works do it. There's another section, interestingly enough, next week when we talk about marriage, where it's your works, not your words. So there are times where we're encouraged or implored, and this is one of them, that by your good works, which they shall behold, do what? Glorify God in the day of visitation. Glorify God. Sanctified strangers, and now a transition to submissive soldiers. Verse 13, submit or come under yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whether it be to the king, Joe Biden, as supreme, or unto governors, Kathy Hochul, as unto them, are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. You say, hold on a second, doesn't say that. I know. Remember who Peter's referring to here. We've went over this before. Much worse than Mr. President Biden. Much worse. Much worse. They're on the run for their lives. We were talking about this Wednesday night. These Christians are literally... Every day their life is on the line. If they're discovered, they could be killed on the spot. And listen to what Peter, their pastor, the the apostle of hope, is saying to them. Honor Domitian, honor Herod, Nero, honor these governors, honor these kings that are absolutely sadistic and evil. Did you know, did you know that sometimes God raises up these leaders as judgment on a nation? There's good kings, there's bad kings. And God does not make any mistakes. Regardless of whether, whatever your political position is and what your thoughts are on the last election or this election, the God's word does not change. It does not change. And what does this involve submission coming under? It involves a little piece of death to self, just like abstaining does. They're death words, spiritually speaking. I'll read verse 14 again. Or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him, that's God, for the punishment of evildoers. And you're thinking, but wait a minute, I don't see them punishing evildoers. Hold on. And for the praise of them 
that do well. For so if the will of God that with well-doing, here it is again, your actions, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Sometimes the foolish men are the politicians. But people are watching you and they're listening to you. And they want to know who you belong to. Are you a submissive soldier in the army of God? Or are you a radical politician? Let me ask you a few questions today that might make you feel uncomfortable. Are you riding with Biden or are you going to make America great again? Are you part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation? Are you a chosen generation? What king do you represent, Christian? Who is your allegiance to? What king? What is your preeminent cause in this world? What crusade are you going on? Are you protesting or proclaiming? How are you fighting? Flesh and blood or principality, spiritual wickedness in high places? Those are good questions for us to ask ourselves, are they not? As Bible-believing, born-again Christians, which means little Christ, followers of Jesus. These are questions we have to stare in the face and be honest with ourselves. Where are we? Are we submissive soldiers in the army of God? Or are we off course? Are we AWOL right now? Are we caught up in something we ought not to be caught up in? Because I promise you, if we could hit a little holy time machine back to Peter's day, you'd be begging to come back into your maroon seats at Spencerport Bible Church right now. It's a question of whether or not you believe the Bible. Do you believe God's word to be true? Did this actually happen? Did this actually exist? Because if indeed it did, which I truly believe with all my heart, then we're still on a spiritual cruise, so to speak. But get ready, because here's what I honestly believe as I prayed about it this morning. I had the thought of an airplane. Buckle up. Turbulence coming. Turbulence is coming to this land. Turbulence is going to come, and we are going to see who the sanctified strangers are, who the submissive soldiers in the army of God. How does God do that? By turning up the temperature. And by turning up the temperature, the bride of Christ gets refined, and the shaft will blow away in the midst of persecution, and the grain, what has weight and substance, will stay. We're going to see what we're made of in 2024 as a local church and as a universal church in the body of Christ. As things get closer in the political arena, as things heat up, you and I will be challenged and we will truly see where we are as the plane starts to shake a little bit. And the question is, who's the pilot? Who's in control? That's the question. Who are we leaning into, pressing into, leaning on, relying on? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Listen to verse 16. He says, Your well-doing will put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And then verse 16 says, As free. You have liberty. But he says, And not using your liberty for a cloak, an outer robe, a covering of maliciousness. Meaning you're using your freedom and you're saying, Well, you know they deserve that though. Well, you know, I know the Bible says this, but there is no but. It's all in, it's all out, it's black and white, it's truth. You either are a submissive soldier in the army of God or you're something else. Are you a proud boy? God hates pride. 
God hates pride. BLM, Black Lives Matter, of course they matter, just like all other lives matter to God. You see, all these things get us off track from what the captain of the Lord of hosts is telling us to do in his holy word. And I have a new political position today that I will give to you according to God's word. Here's what it is. When people ask me, what side are you on? I'm going to take the words of the captain of the Lord of hosts. When Joshua crossed over and Joshua realized there's a man sitting there with a the sword standing, not sitting, sword drawn in his hand, he said, what side are you on? Are you with us or against us? And here's what this Christophany, this is what Christ said in the Old Testament. He said no. He said no. But as the captain of the Lord of hosts, I have now come. And here's what a submissive soldier does. Joshua fell on his face and says, What does my Lord bid his servant? There's my new political position if you want to know it. Republican, Democrat, Independent. Doesn't matter what you are. As far as your political opinion goes, when it comes to the kingdom of God, you are and I am to be a submissive soldier in the army of God. You suffer. That's the next section. There's suffering that's involved in following the suffering servant, Jesus Christ. There's orders to be followed by the captain of the Lord of hosts. And you say, that's it. So heavenly minded, no earthly good. Yep, you got it. Until he calls me home. You got it. That's what my instruction manual says. This is what I'm told to do. This is what Peter was telling these people to do. Don't get caught up in it. I know they blamed us for the fire. I know you're innocent. I know they're using our skin to light their torches. I know that they're imprisoning you. But stay focused on the call of God. He called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. You have a new citizenship. It's a different call now. It's a different call. Am I going to vote? Yes. Do I have my political opinions? Of course I do. Can I discuss with people? Yes, some people. If you can have a level, have a conversation about it. But make no mistake about it. People should know where you and I stand in terms of the kingdom of God. If you are more well-known about what presidential candidate you support or what governor you support than you are for the kingdom of God, I would say that's problematic. That is problematic. Unless you are indeed that politician. And even then. Listen to what he says in verse 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. First three, okay. Last one, you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that. Honor the king. You know we don't have a monarchy here. Right? We have a democracy. We have a president. We have a vice president. Whether you like them or hate them, you are to honor the king. Question, I remember this, asking this years ago when Governor Cuomo was in office and we were in the midst of all that stuff. Remember he was telling the state troopers to play peekaboo through the window at Thanksgiving and everything? And everybody was up in arms about which is ridiculous, right? It was ridiculous. The state trooper said, no, we're not going to do that. 
And I had a really interesting question when I was praying with a group of people. I said, well, how many of you have prayed for Governor Cuomo? Dead silence. What did the king tell us to do? What did our king tell us to do? What has the captain of the Lord of hosts told us to do? But you keep battling in the flesh. We want to do it our way. We don't want to do it God's way. You want to get your guns. You want to get your swords. You want to get your shields. You want to stock up and do this. And then God will say, go ahead. Go for it. Do it your way. I'm the captain. It's my way or your way. I'm not speaking against bearing arms. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm telling you that we have very specific instructions, the same instructions the Apostle Peter is giving to these people who are in a far more persecuted situation. And we need to take heed to it. We really, really need to take heed to it as things start to get shakier in 2024. Don't use that freedom to cover up your desire to really injure or harm in word or in deed. Verse 18, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Listen to this, not only to the good and gentle, but also the froward, or the harsh, the stern. For this is the thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. So in other words, just like the publicans, where Jesus says, hey, even the publicans love their own. That's not hard to do. But can you suffer when you're doing right and you're treated wrong, Christian, submissive soldier? That's when God gets the glory. That's when people see Christ in you and I. And that's when we have the tendency to start to lose that battle in the flesh and start to complain and blame and not proclaim. Well, they deserve it. He deserves this and this. No more eye for an eye. Jesus said, no more eye for an eye. No more tooth for a tooth. He said, die. He said, lay your life down for another. No more. No more slicing ears off, Peter. See, Peter gets this. That's why he was the conduit chosen to write this, moved by the Holy Spirit. He lived what he's writing. So now a transition to the last section. Suffering servants. Suffering servants. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well, as I mentioned, and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this, this is acceptable with God. This is Pastor Dominic Denisi of Rescue and Revive Ministries. I'd like to invite you to our Rescue and Revive Ministry Follow the Cloud concert on Sunday evening, February 18th from 6 p.m. till 8.30 at Spencer Court Bible Church, 1948 North Union Street. Will and Angela Comprero will be performing. You're all invited. Concert is free and open to the public. Sunday, February 18th, 6 p.m. to 8.30. Follow the cloud in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Rescue and Revive Gospel Show today. Please pray for us as we seek to rescue the lost and revive the saved with the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. Please visit our website at rescueandrevive.org to find out how you can get involved and support Rescue and Revive Ministries. God bless you. Surrender.